until the end. You're the one foundation. You shape me inside and out. You made me to be all about, about you. What can I do without you? So tell me who I am. Remind me of your plans. Lord, you know me more. You know it all. Tell me who I am. Remind me of your plans. I want to know you more. Know you more. You say. You say 
purpose? What is our purpose in life? It's one of the most persistent questions that come up in both teens and adults alike is what is my purpose in life? And in order to understand why God made us and what his will is for our lives, we have to understand and know the ways and callings of God. There's three basic aspects of the ways of God. Each of us can expect that God's major dealings with us will be in harmony with his basic ways. He wants us to know these ways so we can be properly res- so we can properly respond to the events that he brings into our lives. You know, I've said before and I'll say it again, if God brings you to something, then he will bring you through it. And the three aspects of the ways of God is the birth of a vision, the death of a vision, and the supernatural fulfillment of the original vision. Like Abraham had a vision of being the father of a great nation. That was the birth of a vision. The death of the vision was Sarah was barren and became too old to have children. But the supernatural fulfillment of that original vision was that God gave Abraham and Sarah a son in their old age. Abraham was 100 years old. And that son became the father of a great nation. Like Joseph. Joseph had a vision that he was going to be a great leader and many would bow down to him. But what happened? What was the death of that vision? His brothers sold him into slavery. And then he was falsely accused and condemned to spend his years in prison. But what was the, su- the supernatural fulfillment of that, of that original vision that Joseph had, that he was going to be a great leader and many would bow down to him? God allowed Joseph to interpret the dreams of the butler and baker and later the king, whereupon he was made a ruler in the land. So, see, God fulfills as well. The birth of the vision is faith. It involves visualizing what God intends to do in my life and having the faith of, of you know, just trying to see what it is and then there's hope anticipating and expecting God to work out his revealed will in my life even when it doesn't seem possible you know those are the times it was like well I I don't know how but I hope it's going to then there's love the motivation to reduce Christ's character and others as he has done in me. Reproduce, not reduce. I'm sorry. Reproduce. 
that love that Christ shows us, we are to, that's part of the will of God for, and our purpose is we are to show others that love. Since God is far more concerned with us becoming more like Jesus Christ in character than he is with our doing the good works to further his kingdom, he has to give us this time of waiting to accomplish our character building. That's why we go through some of these storms. It, it builds us up. The vision provides the motivation not to become discouraged. This time of death and character building, it prepares us for a greater ministry when he does fulfill that vision. It gets us to that place to where we go through experiences which makes us greater. You know, there's a lot of qualities that are definitely going to be developed during that time. Patience and waiting for God's time is one. Faith and knowing what he's going to do. There's meekness also in yielding personal rights. And that one is a tough one. There's self-control and not running ahead of God. And there's so many, many more. Satan's building program, though, during the death of vision is, is complete opposite. Satan's purpose is to destroy God's work in our lives. And also as much of the potential for achieving God's work as he can. He doesn't want us to reach our full potential. He doesn't want us to know our purpose. For Satan to do this during this time, he comes as an angel of light to deceive as many as possible. And you can, you know, verify that in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. He prompts us to try in our own energy and wisdom to fulfill the original vision. Doing it out of the flesh. He doesn't want us to learn God's qualities. And whenever we follow his leading, conflicts always result. And that's when God has to detour us back around, you know, because we're not waiting. We're not listening. And we're being deceived. A classic example for that is Abraham trying to fulfill God's promise of a great nation by having a son by Hagar. You know, Sarah wasn't conceiving, and so she sent him to her servant. Conflict has resulted ever since between their descendants. That was, that conflict was Satan. God's ultimate purpose for each one of us is that we become more and more like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then his purpose is that we reproduce his life in the lives of those around us. Paul travailed as in birth that those with whom he would walk would have Christ formed in them, Galatians 4.19. God's purpose is, mis is spiritual maturity. 
Whatever our vocation in life may be, our primary life goal should be that of the Colossians, of Colossians 128, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect or mature in Christ Jesus. But what does it mean to bring every man to his full maturity? It means building the principles of God's word into a person's life so that he is equipped to understand and follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit and knowing how to respond to any situation with Christ-like attitudes. And you may ask yourself, well, how does God prepare us to accomplish this? You know, that I don't understand how we're supposed to do that. God's going to allow problems, irritations, and responsibilities to come into our lives so that we're motivated to search out his word and develop the full potential which he has put within our lives. That's why we have scripture and the living word. God knows that left to ourselves, many of us would only develop a small portion of the aptitudes, abilities, and capacities which he has put within us. To the degree that we didn't develop the rest, we would experience boredom in our lives. Therefore, in order to direct and motivate us in developing the rest, God chooses to bring into our lives certain problems, irritations, and responsibilities. A few basic insights on knowing God's will. In God's will, it involves people. God so loved a world of people that he gave his son, his only son. It's really easy for us to become more concerned about things and organizations than people. If that happens, we're going to miss the real joy of knowing God's will. Knowing basic needs removes fear of people. You know, a lot of people are have a fear of talking to other people. But there's a way to overcome that fear. You know, think about it. If you're walking down the street in your neighborhood and you see a, a couple of people sitting in the front room of one of the houses and they're gathering, you'd probably have a fear of intruding in their gathering, right? You think, oh, I'd be rude. I should go up there. But now think about the same situation, except for this time you see that their house is on fire. You know, the roof of their house has started to catch on fire. You wouldn't have that fear. You'd overcome that fear and be sure that your message that you had to give them, hey, your roof is on fire, that they needed to hear, you'd make sure that they heard it. And you'd also be quite content that they would immediately recognize the importance. So why is it that God's message isn't that same importance? It should light a fire under each of us. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4, 17, 18. 
It's quite easy for us to become discouraged with the spiritual immaturity of some Christians and decide that we will not bother them, but instead will concentrate on reaching those who have never heard the gospel. Because, I mean, you know, if somebody's never heard it, you could preach it to the first to- for the first time and not worry if they question you, if you're going to have the right answers. It's important for us to proclaim the gospel to those who have never heard it, correct. But when they're already Christians in an area, it's also important to bring them up to their full maturity in Christ. And if we don't do that, their immaturity is going to cause others to stumble, and we won't know how to solve similar immaturity in those we lead to Christ. You know, that's how we grow and learn from each other. We discuss We have these different topics and conversations that help us grow. That's it's one reason that we are to do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Galatians six ten. In determining God's will for our lives, one of the most important questions we can ask ourselves is how can I help the Christians around me to mature? And by doing, and so doing, beautify the body of Christ. We have to assume responsibility for the reputation of the Lord Jesus Christ. When one member of the body of Christ sins or displays spiritual immaturity, the reputation of Christ is damaged and the whole body of Christ then suffers. When David sinned with Bathsheba, Nathan the prophet stated, By this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blasphemy. 2 Samuel 12, 14. Because of this, we are to extort one another daily, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews three thirteen. Just as the corpuscles and our blood surround a wound in the skin and die in order to stop the infection from spreading, so we are to lay down our lives for the brethren, 1 John 3.16. And there's three types of Christians that exist in most church groups. Hot Christians, lukewarm Christians, cold Christians. I know thy works, that thou art neither hot nor col- uh, cold nor hot. I would rather that you were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Revelation Three fifteen through 17. People that are hot Christians, their needs are, are Christ-driven. Lukewarm Christians have a need of nothing. And then cold Christians are more, they need the world more. And when there's no difference or conviction... You know, you may say, well, he's closer to God than I am, but he does the same thing. 
well, you're not taking any responsibility. Whereas when there's difference and conviction, you could look at somebody's life being different from yours and then realize that you need to do something about your own life. Second Chronicles 7, 14, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from the heavens and will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. 1 Peter 4.17 For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. God's will involves leading those for whom we are responsible to spiritual maturity. When we determine which individuals are under our spiritual care and purpose to give ourselves to the high calling of leading them to spiritual maturity... We have established the basis for fulfilling the ministry in our lives. Then, as God allows us to experience death to our natural inclinations and discover his way of responding to life situations, we are able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith with if. Sorry, this verse gets me. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God, 2 Corinthians 1.4. We are responsible to deepen our message. God is responsible to broaden our ministry. We are prone to be concerned with how many people we are reaching with the gospel, but God is concerned that we bring those we reach to spiritual maturity, that they may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, Colossians 1.28 Those who become mature are then able to reproduce the life and character of Christ in others as well. If we love Christ, we are to show it by keeping his commandments and feeding his sheep. John 14.15 John 21.15-17 Sheep reproduce sheep as the shepherd feeds them. God's will involves the message we develop more than the job we are doing. As each one of us dies to natural inclination, which are contrary to the word of God, and we experience the life of Christ by applying the principles of his word to our daily lives, we build a life message. God desires that each one of us becomes a living epistle. 2 Corinthians 3.2 as we do, we experience more and more joy. Proverbs 15.23 God has chosen us and ordained us that we should go and bring forth fruit and that our fruit should remain. John 15.16 Achieving spiritual maturity involves responding to eight callings. In 2 Peter 1.4, we learn that they are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world throughout uh, through lust then we are given eight specific callings 
and are told to give all diligence in following them. One calling is the repentance of salvation. Give the Lord Jesus Christ his rightful place at the center of your life. Romans 10, 9, Faith. Separation from darkness. Discern and turn from evil in all its forms. 1 Peter 2, 9, Virtue. 3. Dedication to the light. Commit yourself to the light of Scripture. Romans 12.2. Knowledge. 4. Invest in service. Become involved in lasting achievement. Matthew 6.19. Self-control. 5. Endurance and suffering. Expect to be misunderstood. 1 Peter 4.12. Endurance. 6. Humility and responses. Respond as God would to those who wrong you. Romans 8.29, Godliness. 7. Alertness and sharing. Be alert to others who have been hurt. 2 Corinthians 1.4, Brotherly Kindness. 8. Reproduction of maturity. Guide them through the same steps God has taken you. Colossians one twenty nine love. Our witness increases as we fully obey each calling and our purpose to become the most effective translator of spiritual truth and become a star witness. One who has a vital message must be available at all times to share it. And that, my friends, sums up figuring out your spiritual purpose. I hope you've enjoyed this. May you have a blessed day. And thank you for listening.
your